Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia for this Thursday, January 26th in Hong Kong, Wednesday, January 25th in New York. And coming up this hour... Tesla is seeking to boost output quickly after the EV maker reported better-than-expected profits last quarter. Fed Vice Chair Lael Brainerd appears to be a top contender to head President Biden's economic council. And ASML says limiting China's access to certain technologies will have unintended consequences. U.S. and Germany announced the sending of heavy tanks to Ukraine. Russia says the West is escalating the war. China says it sees a major decline in severe COVID cases. I'm Ed Baxter with Global News. Novak Djokovic moves on to the semis of the Australian Open in dominating fashion. I'm Dan Schwartzman. I'll have that story and more coming up in Bloomberg Sports. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. On Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning. I'm Doug Krisner. And I'm Brian Curtis. Here are the stories we're following today. We do have earnings to get right to here. Tesla reporting better than expected profits in the latest quarter. It signaled strength to a degree as the company faces growing questions about car buyer demand for its all electric vehicle lineup. Let's get details from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. The Austin, Texas-based company reported adjusted earnings per share of $1.19, beating the $1.12 a share average of analyst estimates compiled by Bloomberg. The EV market leader says it will increase output, quote, as quickly as possible, in line with previous guidance for average annual growth of 50% over multiple years. It also says it is on track to deliver about 1.8 million vehicles this year. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg, Daybreak Asia. Well, thank you, Charlie. Now, a key question going forward is whether there's some downside risk for corporate earnings in 2023. The CIO of Nuveen, Sarah Malik, says the answer is yes. And for that reason, she's making the case for fixed income. Just looking at rate hikes going forward, about 50 more basis points expected from the Fed. So that's starting to move behind us. You can start to increase some of your duration and fixed income and get strong total returns in it without a lot of these heavy macro risks that are going to hit equity. So earnings risk and some of these other areas, the consumer slowdown and that impact on revenue growth and all of that with equities, considering their valuations, is less attractive. That is Sarah Malik there from Nuveen. By the way, Bloomberg Intelligence has fourth quarter earnings for the tech firms within the S&P 500 are projected to have fallen 9.2% from last year. Here's the thing. Just three months ago, those profits were expected to be flat. 
Well, shares in Adani Group companies fell. That's after the U.S. investor Hindenburg Research said it was shorting the conglomerate stocks. It accused firms owned by Asia's richest man, Gautam Adani, of brazen market manipulation and accounting fraud. Adani Group CFO Jushinder Singh later rejected the claims. What they, the, the report is suggesting that Adani Group companies have created shell companies in uh, UAE, uh, Caribbean islands and Mauritius, which is leading to uh, tax theft, corruption and money laundering. However, the Adani Group CFO has uh, countered, then he has, uh, he has denied all this allegation and he had said, uh, also criticized the timing of this uh, landing of this report because January 25th is the day the flagship company of Adani Group, Adani Enterprises, is launching its follow-on offer, uh, which is going to be the largest for Adani Group financial officer Jushinder Singh. Bloomberg data, by the way, shows the market value of 10 Adani-owned stocks was eroded by about $12 billion in Wednesday's trading. Well, the Dutch chip-making equipment company ASML says limiting China's access to certain technologies will have unintended consequences. We have more from Bloomberg's Annabelle Droolers. The Biden administration is leading an effort to curb exports of chip manufacturing equipment to China. The Netherlands and Japan are expected to join in. But ASML CEO Peter Venick says the measures could eventually push Beijing to create its own technology. Simply put, he says if China cannot get access to those machines, the country will create their own. Even so, Venick admits the complex supply chain, combined with the know-how required to recreate advanced chipmaking technology, will be a massive challenge. Venick is also critical of export control for other reasons. He says chip availability could be reduced and limiting access means a less efficient infrastructure and cost will very likely go up. In Hong Kong, I'm Annabelle Drullers, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Meantime, in Europe, Germany's business outlook brightened further. A gauge of expectations by the IFO Institute rose to 86.4 in January from 83.2 the previous month. We heard from IFO President Clemens Feust. Companies are telling us they are optimistic regarding the next six months, and that suggests overall we will avoid a technical recession. The most important risk for the German economy was a gas rationing scenario. So that risk is off the table now due to the mild weather, gas storage is full. Feucht also said that he expects a shrinking economy in the first quarter, but that will be followed by an improvement towards the summer. Well, back here in the States, we are hearing that Fed Vice Chair Lael Brainerd is now a top contender to become the head of the National Economic Council. The role within the White House will be vacated by Brian Deese at an undetermined time. Here's Bloomberg's Anne-Marie Hordern. We should note no decisions have been made. And there are another names that have been thrown around, like Gene Sperling, like Wally Adiemo. But right now, what you potentially could see in the coming weeks is that the Fed's number two becomes the number one economic voice in the West Wing. This is on top of a little bit of a shakeup at the White House, which is pretty much natural when you have after a midterm election and, and two years of an administration. That is Bloomberg's Anne-Marie Hordern. By the way, if Brainerd is appointed, that would open a slot on the Fed's seven-member board. Now, President Biden would then need to find a successor who could win the full backing of the U.S. Senate. Brian, we are a week away from the next Fed decision. But if you're talking central banks, I think it was the BOC moving markets today. Yeah, that was very interesting because all along it has been out in front, uh, and this would be the first pause by the G7 central banks, and it has led the Fed, so it may send a strong message. 
All right, let's update global news next here on Daybreak Asia. Ukraine will soon be getting some of the heavy artillery and tanks it's been seeking for months. Ed Baxter with more from the Bloomberg Newsroom in San Francisco. Eddie. Yeah, exactly right, Douglas. This comes as a U.S. and Germany broker a deal to include tanks from a number of NATO countries. German Chancellor Olaf Scholz. Our goal is to quickly provide two tank battalions together with our allies. There are many countries that would like to supply, and we will coordinate that and involve them to make that happen step by step. Yeah, so with that, U.S. President Joe Biden. Today, I'm announcing that the United States will be sending 31 Abram tanks to Ukraine. Yeah, and uh, along with training Ukrainian forces in the use of them, he says. Now, Biden says it also sends a strong message that the U.S. and NATO are united in their full support of Ukraine's ability to defend itself and conduct counteroffensives. The expectation on the part of Russia is we're going to break up. We're not going to stay united, but we are fully, thoroughly, totally united. Yeah, he says, as is the globe now against Russia, Biden did stress that these weapons are not to be used in launching first strike, but in defense and counter attack. So what does this change? Well, Rose Gottenmuller, who is a former NATO deputy secretary general, now a professor at Stanford. I think it'll make a difference because these are the most capable battle tanks in the world today. The Leopards are well known for being reliable, for being capable. And uh, I think the fact that they are deployed across the European NATO allies and also NATO partners such as Finland, who have offered up tanks. Uh, She says expectations are that Russia will launch major offenses in the coming months. And Gottlieb says she feels it will make NATO stronger. This agreement, delivery of tanks will take those months. The training begins now. Russia... Well, Russia's decrying the decision, saying this is proof that, in fact, the West is escalating the war. And Russian activist hackers have knocked German websites offline in response to the decision. Germany's BSI cyber agency says the digital blitz has had little tangible effect. China says a number of COVID-related deaths and severe cases in hospitals have declined by more than 70%. From peak levels in January, it says daily fatalities in hospitals uh, slid to 896 as of Monday, Monday, down from over 4,200 January 4th. Um, now, China's numbers have been questioned by the World Health Organization, which would like to see more data. And the meta platforms are going to end Donald Trump's suspension. Facebook says it will have it back up in the coming weeks. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter. This is Bloomberg. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So, there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. 
Com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. I'm Brian Curtis, along with Rashad Salamat. Let's get to our guest, Sylvia Jablonski, co-founder, CEO, and CIO at Defiance ETFs. Well, Sylvia, we seem to be in a kind of muted reaction phase. Uh, we thought maybe Microsoft's guidance yesterday, the week of guidance, would lead to a sell-off today, but it didn't happen really. Microsoft was down about six-tenths of one percent. Is this because, to a certain degree, with the huge losses we saw last year, Microsoft down some 30 percent or so, Tesla down two-thirds, that a lot of this is in the price? Yeah, good evening. I, I think you make a great point there. You know, we, we had a nice start to the year, particularly with the NASDAQ up and, and looking to recover on some of those tech stocks that were just hammered last year to the tune of 20 to 50 percent or more. Um, and I think, you know, the Microsoft news, addition, you know, initially you saw stocks really selling off. You saw, you know, futures pointed sort of grossly low and, and the morning was a little bit rough with this. And so I think that ignited concerns that the market generals were struggling um, as, you know, rates have been rising and recession fears are growing. But I do think that investors who are interested in tech for the long term perhaps came off the sidelines a little bit and thought, you know, while the outlook is sort of bleak for the next year or two, this this sector has been beat up so much. So much of it is in the price already. And here's an opportunity to, you know, kind of get it on another pullback if, if you have a holding period beyond, say, 2024. So I really think that earnings are going to set the tone for the market in the next couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, we'll see some of this choppiness day by day, depending on what, what the generals do. They always sort of seem to drive the market mentality or psychology for the week. Well, you know, Sylvia, you, you make a good point there. I mean, you, when you talk about psychology, it's almost as if it's, uh, how, how could you say, it? hurry up and wait. I mean, we are looking yeah, at these exactly. stocks, you know, for, for tech in particular. <laughs> we're looking at 5G, quantum computing. We're looking at AI. These are all things which are going to take time before they come on stream. And, uh, you know, that those things are in the price to, to some extent. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's, hang on a second, you know, I could get some value somewhere else right now, too. Yeah, I, well, I think that that's a great point as well. You need to diversify your portfolio, right? So I think that if you look at the broader ma- macro, um, you know, kind of economy out there and some of the uncertainty in the near near term, if you're looking at the short term, then I would expect traders to look in more sort of defensive sectors or at least make sure that they're allocating to things like, you know, bonds, treasuries that pay 4%, whatever it might be, um, their private trading accounts where the cash cash could accrue 3.5%, you know, defensive stocks like healthcare and things like that. But there, the time to pick, to pick up on thematic ETFs and ideas for the future and ideas that will play out in the next few years is now. It is when the, when you know the prices are, are kind of knocked off of their highs, multiples or or you know cut in half or a third. And when you think about these ideas, you know, five G is the name of a theme, right? And quantum computing and AI are the names of themes. But these companies, it's important to number one invest in those themes, right? So so if you think about OpenAI, for example, right, that's a big, big investment by Microsoft, that is going to be something that can be monetized. It's something that, you know, can replace workers that companies can't find, for example. Um, It's, it's, you know, there's real value to that. And and it affects the bottom line. But then these themes like 5G, again, quantum computing, they require stocks like semiconductor stocks. And so those funds, um, that hold those names, those th- those companies are doing other things. So AMD and NVIDIA, they're part of, you know, Metaverse. They're part of um, running our coffee machines, electric vehicles, driverless so, cars, AI, machine learning. So there's a lot there. 
So, so, so uh, one, do you like those companies? Are you starting to buy SMH and some of the, uh, some of the semiconductor individual names? And secondly, um, because I think this can be wrapped in, too, Tesla blamed China for many of its issues, saying that the challenges were largely concentrated in China. That's all changing now. There's no more lockdowns, and they're getting back to business. Uh, does that add to any optimism? Yeah, it does. So to, uh, on the first question, I, I, I do like semiconductors. I think that, you know, if you look at the outlook for the semiconductor space, and, and I like, you know, AMD and NVIDIA sort of most because they're well capitalized and part of every one of these revolutions, that revenue is supposed to get to about $250 billion by, you know, 2040, $200 billion by 2030. That's not so far off, right? So I do like semiconductors. They've been beat up. I think that they're going to sort of start seeing their, their resurrection. There's a natural tailwind for that space coming um, where it's just been straight headwinds for the last two years. To the Tesla question, you you know, order demand looks like it's outpacing 2x what um, what the industry expected. And while you know Elon Musk came out and said he he expects it to contract this year, you know they do have China reopening. How much will that play out? I don't know. But with with Tesla, I, I think that you know you still have this situation where the company is just by far the leader in this space. Yes, they're going to have you know sort of more competition, but there will also be high, you know a higher market share for the EV space, and that also has tailwinds of um, Inflation Reduction Act and you know some of the tax credits and things like that, that that have been passed and will go towards the, you know, the knuckle of going carbon neutral. So I do think that they ha- they continue to benefit in coming years. Sylvia, I want to get back to your um, point about semiconductors here. Sure, the uh, government's giving uh, some compensation for the uh, uh, t- loss of China as a market, but you're still talking about 30% of uh, their market disappearing here. That's got to hurt. 30% of their market is, is disappearing, but, uh, uh, you know, large chunks of their market are, are reappearing, right? So automa- so the automotive industry is just highly reliant on semiconductors, and you're expecting to see, you know, massive revenue growth there. The focus of tech companies, again, we talked about Microsoft, AI, chart, GBT, you know, this, this week's favorite word. All of this requires, um, you know, sort of managing big data, low latency. That is That all comes through semiconductors. You need semiconductors for natural language processing, you know, the future of 5G depends on it. So I I just think that whatever is sort of lost will be replaced. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcast. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.